Welcome to the Bitchin' Brainstorm podcast with Elaine the Brain Terso. I believe that every problem has a solution. So the episodes you will hear will be live strategy calls with real entrepreneurs who are feeling stuck. We will spend a few minutes bitching about the struggle and then move forward with finding solutions. You will hear topics about launching offers, mindset, marketing, strategy, and so much more. Remember, we are both the problem and the solution. Now let's get out of our own damn way and get shit done. If you are an entrepreneur and would like to receive a live strategy call, please visit bitchandbrainstorm.com and fill out an application. We would love to have you as our next guest. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Bitch and Brainstorm podcast. Boy, that was funny. Um, I'm your host, Elaine the Brain Terso, and I'm here with a new friend who is in negative temperatures up in Alaska. I'm really excited to uh, hear more about um, what she does, who she helps, and tell us all the things we need to know. What is not working? How can how can I help you today? Take it away. Right. Thank you for having me. I am Rakita. I'm a licensed professional counselor and a BIPOC health equity consultant. And for anyone that is unfamiliar with BIPOC, that's Black, Indigenous, People of Color. Um, I focus on highlighting health disparities that we are facing in the U.S. Um, my niche specifically is for perinatal health. That is really important to me because um, as Black women are facing um, mortality rates at three to four times the rate of our white counterparts, and Indigenous women are facing that at two to three times the rate. And at the age of 30, that increases to four times the rate. So it's just really high up there, and it's been um, a passion of mine. And so um, I came to consulting because with therapy, one-on-one get a bit exhausting, and I wanted some, I want to add it flavor. Well, with that being said, I'm like, well, how do I break into the market? And everyone's like, you got to find your client, and you got to have a pain point. My dilemma with that in the beginning was, isn't like people dying someone's pain point? Shouldn't that be enough? But I think I've discovered that maybe that is not quite enough. So I've moved towards finding um, more of a common ground with social emotional learning for healthcare providers. And that entails working on burnout, which is so important right now with COVID and the overflow of things happening in hospital settings. I think that's important to name. And then as a collective, there's burnout there. We're just all pretty tired. Um, so with social emotional learning, we talk about burnout, um, stress management, wellness. And the reason why we need these components to be aligned is that we can't see anyone else if we can't see ourselves. So once we have that in check, then we can move towards, well, is there implicit bias that I am unaware of? And how do I check that? And self-awareness is really important. So I move in that area. What I'm finding is that I'm throwing so much of my little spaghetti noodles to the wall and I'm not getting any nibbles. I do have a few clients that I see, very few, FEW3, but I don't have like people in my DMs from LinkedIn saying, I have to work with you. I don't know what I'm missing. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to do more podcasts, get my name out there. 
Um, I find it hard to always post on social media. So I do have like some Instagram account and LinkedIn, but I don't post daily. I heard that I should post a daily video. I think that's kind of difficult for me to do at this point. Um, but I do spend time in my business. What I have been doing is if I'm on a podcast, I have links and people can find me there and see what I do. And I also have freebies that they can get from my website or the actual link. So that's there. And um, that has only been maybe since November, the end, very end of November that I decided to do that. So I'm still always throwing something at the wall and unsure of what is sticking. I know people say, you should try something for 90 days and then reassess. And I don't know if I'm spending enough time um, in a November until now here in January. That's still not quite enough time. You know, we have the holidays. So I'm trying to like stay the course, but I'm definitely not someone that likes videos a lot. That's just not my jam. <laughs> and uh, lastly, I do want to add that I found through just doing a little bit of perusing on social media, speaking engagements help. So I've been doing some little, um, I have booked some speaking engagements that are primarily for therapists and introducing them to the work that I do. And that's pretty much what I've been doing so far. Okay. So some follow-up questions that I have. Um, what specifically are you selling? So is it a package? Is it, what is the thing that you give? What is the, what is the thing that you give, um, to these healthcare professionals? Yes. Yeah, so that is also tailored to the actual, um, organization. So if we have a organization that has BIPOC providers and white providers, I offer affinity groups to the BIPOC providers they don't need to be in the same space as providers because of the harm that can come in place of listening to people saying, well, I don't understand this, or I don't know why this person is doing that. So I really do focus on making sure that we care for everyone. So I do curate a package and that could look like affinity groups, that could look like um, accountability groups. Definitely you will get a lecture and then we'll have a breakout group of some sort. Okay. So, um, one of the things that I also want to ask you is, um, when you're talking about pain points, um, I'm curious, um, the people that have the few that have come to you, um, what was their pain point? What were they saying, um, that they were really, um, excited to have you come? What was the thing that was I felt like they were more aligned because they had been doing the work, anti-racism work. Okay. And so um, they approached me after hearing me talk and said, well, I think this is something that more people need to hear. Do you mind coming to speak? And I did. And then they asked me to come back again. And this time around, I said, well, I think this time we had a mixed group. And that's why I do like to have separate groups is I, um, I'm hearing feedback that it can be a bit harmful for someone to listen to some of the things that are being said. So it's been trial and error with that. But answering your question, it's people coming to me saying, I, I like what you're saying. I think more people need to hear this. And I'm not exactly sure if I am answering your pain point. That's why I'm kind of stuck. Yeah. So um, it really is people like who have interest in 
change, who have interest in, and saving lives of Mm -hmm. people that are, you know, um, not getting access to the same services. Um, my next question is, are these only services that you provide locally? Do you provide these virtually? How are you providing service? Like in what, what's the deliverable? It is mostly virtual. Okay. Um, the clients that I have in particular, I work with, they're in Boston and I'm out here in Alaska. So definitely it's all virtual. I can do, I do have a local thing, but that's still going to be virtual as well. So yeah. Okay. I think that's how my platform is so far as virtual. Okay. Um, do you offer, um, like the, the thing that is like, kind of keeps coming to the front of my, my brain here is, um, offering like regular workshops for healthcare providers, um, where it's almost like you are, you know, you can charge for that obviously. Um, uh, and then you can obviously make an offer if you think your, um, you know, um, center, um, healthcare center, whatever could utilize this information. I would be happy to do a whole presentation for your entire, you know, group sort of thing. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to disrupt the industry, right? You got to disrupt the industry and you have to throw those statistics in their face. And you have to tell them that as a healthcare professional, it is our duty to save lives. And these statistics are uh, unacceptable. They're unacceptable. And you are going to have to like, I don't want to say throw it in people's faces, but you kind of do because you have to be able to disrupt people. And sometimes that shock value is the thing that is going to be to do it. So I'm going to give you an example. Back when I was a photographer, um, I wanted to do a project about human trafficking. Okay. Oh, awful. The whole thing. Awful. Um, and I was like, how can I use photos to communicate this? So what I did was I had men dress up as pinup girls and photograph them. So it was funny, but then I put very shocking statistics and facts on these photos. So it was like this, like, oh my God, that's so funny. Oh my God, that is not funny. So it was like, disrupting, like, how do you get someone's attention? You get attention through entertainment. You get, you get, uh, through shock through, Oh, oh my God. I can't believe that through creating chaos and drama. People pay attention to that. It's awful, but it's true. And then the other thing that's kind of coming up is, um, would it be in alignment for you to somehow um, organize or be a part of this, uh, like a healthcare summit sort of situation where you are attracting healthcare workers from all the things, right? Whether it's, you know, um, birth, whether it's um, women in, you know, healthcare, whether it's men too, um, is how can we reduce mortality rates? How, but it's like, 
being able to put on some sort of large scale event virtually, obviously COVID, right? We want to be mindful and responsible. Um, but being able to provide that, do this big scale thing where you have other speakers coming, you have keynotes, you have, um, you know, other healthcare professionals who can speak, um, expertly around what they're like yours is, you know, maternal, right. Mm -hmm. Um, what are some other areas, maybe heart, maybe digestive, maybe all the things can right? all All the the things things. is how, um, and I'm just going to tell you this. So like, I follow a lot. I'm a huge TikTok. I talk about TikTok all the time, but I love TikTok Mm -hmm. and I follow a lot of, um, anti-racist creators, right. Who are doing a lot of education work, who are doing a lot of, um, because I want to learn, I want to be better. And I know that, you know, we are all part of the problem, but we're also part of the solution. So what can I do, um, as a white person to make sure that everybody feels valued and seen and heard and understood. And, you know, I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to do my part. So I'm constantly trying to learn from, from people who are willing to share this information. And I asked, I asked, um, this question to, um, to one of the creators that I recently started following. And I was like, how do we know when we've got there? How do we know that we've arrived where racism the war on racism has, we've won. How do we know that we've come there? And he's like, well, you know, first I think we have to identify all of the areas and, you know, which racism is prevalent. So, you know, access to healthcare, access to education, access to housing, access to um, work, access, you know, all of those, those things that we all need to survive We need to break down the barriers so that there's an even playing field for everyone. And so it's kind of like, if you were to look at all of those components and you're like, I'll take healthcare, Mm -hmm. right? Let's take on healthcare as one of those components. Um, And then as things grow, um, you know, you could essentially create a model and how could this be paralleled into education? How could this be paralleled in housing? How could this be paralleled in um, employment? How could this be parallel? Like it's all parallel, right? But it's, it's like, and so I'm getting the goosebumps right now, which means it's like, mm-hmm. it's a movement really is what it is. So you have the ability to really create a movement and starting with healthcare because we all need access to healthcare Otherwise, you know, we need that in order to survive, you know, we need, we need, we need access to healthcare. Um, so I could really see this becoming much bigger than you. I don't know if you're ready for that, but I (laughs) could totally see that this could be bigger than you. Um, if you partnered up with the right people and then it could alleviate some of the stress off of you. But, you know, this could be something that is, you know, I'm not saying doing this tomorrow. I'm saying this is something that's done, you know, six months down the road or, you know, where you have time to plan and, and get all of those things put together, um, marketing and, you know, sending out massive information to however healthcare professionals communicate about summits and speakers and conferences and whatever, um, 
is organizing something like this. And, and that may require you having someone uh, who's done something like this before to, you know, talk with and, or hire yeah. someone to do that for you. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, putting yourself in that position of you are the expert in this, in this is going to elevate your expertise and also give you the opportunity for these uh, organizations and, and health centers and et cetera to say, oh, oh, you do one-on-one -on -one or you do group stuff? Great, we'd love to fly you in to our mm -hmm. hospital. We'd love to fly you in and, and, and talk to, you know, give a presentation or something like that, lecture, whatever you want, whatever they call it, right? Um, the other thing that I think could be really powerful for you is, um, pursuing, um, the Ted talk route. And I have some friends that I know that have done that, but, um, being able to get your message out on a platform like that could be really, really like, mm, different whole level up playing field. That had my heart thumping. Cause that's like anxiety <laughs> being on that big of a stage, right? <laughs> I know, I know. But when you think about it this way, you're talking to one person who needs to hear your message today. And you're talking to that one person only. Um, and, you know, it's not about the people in the audience. It's about who do they know? Right. So mm -hmm. it's, it's like, you're talking through them, not at them. Because not everyone in the audience is going to be able to relate, but they know people. Everybody knows someone who's a doctor or a nurse or, you know, works in a nursing home, works in a prenatal center. We all know somebody in the medical field. Right. Everybody does. Right. So talk through them and say, who do you know? Mm. Who do you know that needs to hear this message? You know, um, so how does all of the, the word vomit that I just gave you, how does any of that resonate with you? Is there anything that feels like it's in alignment? Yes, especially this vomit. Um, I was working with um, a fellow therapist and we had decided to create a summit. Um, I want to go back and follow up with her and, and say, I feel like the universe has confirmed that we need to do this and, you know, really be on our P's and Q's and actually have this take place. Because um, we were like, oh, should we, you know, on that little Peter Tato situation? But thank you for that. That gave me like the, the confirmation that I needed. Um, and so in terms of what you said about speaking through people, that resonated with me and I need to process of that a little bit more because like people are telling me, my people are on LinkedIn and I'm like, well, how do I get them to see that, hey, you're my person, you know? And so I hear you saying that I need to get in a room. Is that what you're saying? So that I can have ears. You definitely need to be in a room. That's where you're going to mm -hmm. have the most impact. It's not about what you post on social media, right? It's not about that. You're going to make the biggest impact by, by having those small, intimate conversations with the people that, um, the people that are in direct contact 
with, um, with patients that are at a higher rate of mortality, you know, and, um, the other thing I would highly encourage is, um, you know, um, doulas and, um, Mm -hmm. midwives, uh, doing workshops for them, you know, and I know that some, you know, if you can get your thing accredited where it is count as counted as continuing education, Mm -hmm. um, or something like that, then guess what? Boom. Now, like I had a friend who was a dietitian, so she had created something that allowed other dietitians to get their continuing education, uh, credits by taking her class, mm-hmm. by taking whatever training she was offering. So, um, I don't know if that is a thing or not, but, um, you know, if you are able to get in with, um, some of those groups that are providing, you know, where they have direct access to clients and, you know, I'll tell you doulas and midwives, um, I love them. They're so crunchy and granola, but they are going to be some of your biggest advocates because that's what they are is they are advocates for their, for their patients, right? Um, doulas I'm going to advocate. And so if you have, you know, um, doulas who are working with people of various backgrounds and ethnicities and diversities, they need to be able to communicate, you know, like, um, I, I heard once um, of there was a doula whose client was a um, Hispanic and there's there were certain things that the, this doula was like, I had no idea because, you know, when you're just a white lady, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And so being able to have exposure to different cultures and different, um, you know, things that people may just not know because it's not, we're not a part of that community and we just don't know. Um, so the other thing, um, that I would also encourage is to include the LGBTQIA plus community as well. Um, and this is not only BIPOC, but also the LGBTQ um, community because they also, I know have a very difficult time in healthcare because of, you know, bigotry doctors and things like that, who, you know, just uh, don't even get me started. Right. (laughs) But I think that you really have, I think you really have something special. And when I talk, you know, when I was talking about the goosebumps, typically that happens when it's confirmation. So I love it when that happens, when someone's like, Oh my God, I thought about that. And you just said it. I'm like, good. Yay. Confirmation. Like it's, you're supposed that's like, that's yes. So trust your intuition, trust your gut. When someone, when it comes to your heart, I'm going to tell you this, if you don't listen and take action, uh, it will hit you over the head with a two by four Mm. and you don't want that. So I'm going to tell you this, there's, there's this little thing, um, that is, uh, the think T H I N K, um, T stands for think about what you want, be specific, right? H is, um, have a clear description. I is to, um, mm, let me think about it for a second. I is, mm, I can't think, but N is notice what shows. Oh, I is insert gratitude. 
um, act as if you already have it. N is notice what shows up. So you tell the universe or you mention to the universe, hey, I, I maybe we might want to do a summit. Notice what shows up. Then you have to be able to recognize that it's showing up because the universe does not act on your timeline. The universe acts on their timeline. So if you're like, but I'm not ready, like it's, I, I'm not ready yet. And the universe says, uh, you did not specify when you wanted this. You just said you wanted this. So now I'm trying to deliver it and you're resisting me. Yeah. Right. And K mm -hmm. is keep moving in faith, just mm -hmm. knowing that it's all going to work out. Right. But you have to trust yourself. You have to trust your gut. You have to trust your instincts and you have to just know everything is going to work out. Everything is going to work out because why you're trying to help the greater good. It can't not work out. But the yeah. thing that happens is that sometimes we get uh, in our own way, we get into self-sabotage. Nobody's going to show up. Nobody cares what I have to say, blah, blah, blah. Not true by the way, but it's because we will see, we, um, there's a quote, whether you think you can, or you think you can't, you are right. And so what happens is that when we're insecure and things like that, we will find evidence that it's true. Okay. And so we got to be really careful. You have got to be really careful about mind your words, make sure that you're not saying I can't, or nobody's going to, or mm -mm. cause guess what? You can't predict that. You need to say, I have something that other people need to hear. I am doing this for the greater good. I am trying to save lives. And mm -hmm. no matter if three people show up or 300 people show up, doesn't matter. Celebrate those that show up because they are going to be your biggest allies and supporters in helping you spread your message. Because every person that, that you come in contact with knows at least a minimum of 200 other people. Minimum. Wow. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So it's not always the person that's on the call that needs you. It's who do they know? Who else do they know that is going to, um, that needs to hear what you have to say? I love that. Um, I was thinking about someone that reached out to me and I was like, well, you're not a part of an organization per se, but I probably should have pursued that a bit more in terms of at least speaking to them, getting them to a place and maybe them saying, well, I know someone who will be a great fit here. Yes. You know? Yep. So anyone who's willing to listen, anyone who's willing to sit down and learn and have that conversation, um, take them up on that. Okay. Right. And then when it comes down to, you know, um, uh, you ask the question, how can I support you? How can I support you in, in your goals of, you know, um, providing equal care to, to everyone. And then hopefully they'll ask you, how can we support you? Well, you can support me by 
um, you know, introducing me to people in these categories of healthcare. I'm looking for human resources. I'm looking for the people who ever books speakers, whoever books lectures. You know, I know how I watched Grey's Anatomy. Like I know they have, <laughs> they have lectures and stuff, you know? So, you know, whoever is in charge of that, you are asking, I would love an introduction of, to anyone you think that can help me share this message with, you know, as many people in the healthcare industry as possible, you know, hospitals, um, you know, uh, birthing centers, anything like that. Okay. Yes. Right. More confirmation. <laughs> More confirmation. So it's really yes. just, it's, it's not always about the people in the audience. It's who they can connect you to. Right. That is such an amazing um, statement to live by as I continue to do this work. Mm-hmm. It's my people are connected to other people. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want in all of this as well. We want connection. We want us to get together and solve this thing, as you mentioned earlier. So mm-hmm. I think that's important to name. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other thing I think it's important too is that, you know, um, people have doctors. And so how can you help people become their own advocate? And Mm -hmm. so if there was information um, that you could provide to people as like in a PDF or something like that, and then you could say, put a note, share this with your doctor, or when you go to your doctor and you have these concerns, these are some questions that you could ask. And these are things that, you know, I heard once, Um, I also am on medical TikTok as well. So there's different, uh, elements to TikTok, but, um, there was an example gave that I really loved. That was, um, there's a term for it that I can't remember. Um, but it was, if I was, um, if I was not overweight was the example, if I was not overweight, what testing would you do for someone who was not overweight? Because sometimes what happens is medical professionals automatically think that if you are overweight, then that must be causing this problem. And all you need to do is lose weight and all of your health problems will go away. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, if I was not overweight and I came into you with, with these problems, what would you, there's like this elimination terminology that I don't remember what it is, but I was like, wow, that's really powerful. And so I don't know if there's, if that could be a thing that I don't know if it comes up because I don't have the same experiences as as someone, um, you know, that is non-white. Um, but what, if, if I wasn't black, what would you do for a white person? If I wasn't Mm -hmm. overweight, what would you do for, for a thin person? If I wasn't of, of this, what would you do for this person? And it kind of can help eliminate some of that that bias that, that medical professionals may have and not even realize that they have it. You know, I know that through history and I've, I've heard this from several professionals was that, you know, women of color, um, were perceived as having a high pain tolerance. And so they were less likely to receive pain medication or something like that. Um, because, it had been taught for so long that it just passed down for, you know, you still got doctors that are seventies and eighties. still practicing medicine with these old school Mm -hmm. beliefs, you know, and, 
that can be really dangerous if they are in a teaching capacity. Yes. Right. It's still a new school belief that came out in 2016. Oh, they still believe we have a higher pain tolerance. So, right. Right. Got to, we have so much work to do to deconstruct all of that shit. Yes. Yes. So much work to do. Yes. I will say that when you spoke about going in and having someone talk to their medical professional about if I were not this, that gave me a bit of like resistance because I've been in a place where you you feel like this person has a position of power. And that's why I come from that side of things because even as a therapist in the office, they have a position of power. I'm wondering if working through that and maybe having I don't know, a town hall with people. How can we collaboratively make people feel safe enough to come to their provider and say, this is what I'm feeling or experiencing? I just think the power dynamics are really, really difficult for us to navigate because of systemic and structural racism and oppression when it comes to even just the LGBTQIA situations Mm -hmm. that we are experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. I envision it to, um, I don't know if you ever watched Seinfeld, but, um, (laughs) when, uh, (laughs) when, uh, there was an episode where, um, Elaine, uh, Bennis, her character was, um, itching and she couldn't stop itching. And she went to the doctor and she kind of talked back a little bit and it was, what are you writing in that? And then all of a sudden she's banned from all the doctors and winds Mm -hmm. up at a veterinary clinic. (laughs) And then gets a call. You can't talk to her, you know? And it's like, I understand that there's this, like, you don't want to um, upset a doctor. You don't want to um, like challenge their opinion or their professionalism, Mm -hmm. but teaching people to be their own advocates or having an advocate go with them if they feel uncomfortable about speaking up for themselves. It may like, how can we, you know, advocate for people to have advocates if that's something that is, you know, that's necessary just so that they feel safe. And if they don't feel safe with their doctor by having those really deep conversations, how to navigate what that looks like of finding a new doctor and that you have the power and, and you should have the choice to choose a doctor that you makes you feel safe, you know? Mm-hmm. So that is so true. And I feel you with that too. And we also, that comes with the medical desert. Like, are they the only doctor in town or in that right. area? So there's so much to navigate here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be, you know, for the longest time I didn't go to the doctor and I was like, I'll, if I, if I get sick, I'll go to the urgent care or whatever, but I didn't have a doctor for the longest time. And then we got new insurance and I was like, well, I guess I should go get a doctor. And I, and I was actually like, okay, like this chick is cool. Like, okay. Like, you know, I, she listened to me. She sat and took time and talked with me and I was like, okay, like, yay. I don't have the old white man, you know, that just basically is same, same shit, different day. Like I wanted to have a different, more positive, you know, experience. Experience. And I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We um, deserve that. We everybody deserve does. That. Yes, everybody deserves yes. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. To be just listen and just to be heard and say, yes. this is what I'm experiencing. Oh, that's not normal. I thought that was normal. No, it's not normal. <laughs> not 
everything is not normal. Right. So, right. <laughs> you know, but it was because I, you know, just in regular dialogue and just shooting this shit as I would call it. Then all of a sudden it was like, oh, and I just start opening up more and talking about, right. you know, and everybody deserves that. But I never really had that before. Right. Right. And there's now so I, many intersectional identities there. Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, the other thing, mm, okay, this is way left field, but hear me out. Um, I don't know if this exists, if there's like a directory of medical professionals that are like, if someone were to take your class or, you know, do something that you, they get to go in a directory where they, where they can be searched. It's like people, uh, regular people could go and search your directory for people that I want to make sure that the person that I'm going to see, um, cares about my me and you know what I mean? So I don't know if that that's very left field, but, um, I don't know. It's a way like to that. I do that right. with Hayes and the nutritionist, you know, mm-hmm. are they Hayes aligned? Cause I need that. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> so it's like, these are providers that are, are identifying as, um, BIPOC and LGBTQ friendly, you know, or whatever they are doing the work, right. They doing are the committing, work. They're doing the work. Yes. They are saying I, like I am that. a safe pace, safe space for, you know, BIPOC patients and things like that. So I, I could totally see that as, um, you know, and then, um, you know, how do you pay for that? Well, um, people may want to pay to have their, their name, mm, an advertisement of some sort, you know, um, I had this idea, um, that I, my goal is to get it launched this year. I, I had the idea all a year and a half ago and I just, got a little busy, but it's, it's basically, it's a, it's called the dream team directory. And it's, uh, if fiverr.com and match.com had a baby, right. Mm -hmm. Right. Where you can find people that can do work for you and you don't have to sort through 5,000 profiles. You could sort through three profiles, right. Where, and, and medical providers could have ratings. Um, just like, service providers could have ratings like this per and this, these are their specialties and these are the trainings that they have. And these are the things that they're passionate about and care about the most. Um, like, yeah, that would be, I really love cool. that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then it's, you know, all, all the medical industries together in, in one page organized by mm-hmm. state, by, you know, field, by all the things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. We already search now. Like as a black woman, I'm always like, "Oh, is there a black doctor for this? Is that you know?" Right. Already so do that. <laughs> if you could have, you know, um, WebMD meets Match.com, <laughs> or I don't know what the what the website is for finding medical providers, but I'm sure there's something out there. Um, yes. I think is it Psychology Today that has a directory? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yes but expanding that. So, you know, what is important to you and allowing patients to search based on location, based on, you know, um, 
identity based on, you know, people that are whatever, like if they're like, I only want to, I, I really, it, it, I would like to have a BIPOC physician. You could search by that, mm-hmm. you know? Just That's a great idea because you're limited. Like even in my state, yeah, you know, just because of who is out here. So I think that's an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, they just come out of left field sometimes. <laughs> You're great at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, what are some things that you would let's uh, what action are you gonna what action are you gonna take today? Like or moving forward? Like what's the thing that is really just sticking out to you? Moving forward, so um, definitely going to text my therapist friend and say, hey, we just got confirmation. We got to do the thing. <laughs> and then um, what you said about speaking through people, since I have several speaking engagements, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to, I guess, curate my, my lectures and the breakouts with okay, this might not be my client, but they know someone who could be my client. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. Mm-hmm. Lastly, um, I'm going to touch base with that individual that was like, I'm so interested, but you know, X, Y, Z, I don't have a corporation or agency behind me and seeing what I can do for that person. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to drop someone who's actually interested in doing the work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love that for you because I, and you know, um, I think too, is really helping figure out, um, what people need, um, in the medical community and then curating, really listening. And maybe this might mean, um, I'm a huge fan of doing market research. And so maybe one of the things you could do is put together a survey for healthcare professionals. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, one time I wanted to know, how trauma impacted the entrepreneur. And I couldn't find any information. Like I knew about ACEs, but it really wasn't very specific to entrepreneurs. So I did my own, I, I took the ACEs question and then I, and then I added in some additional information about how those questions, like how that now impacts you as an entrepreneur, you know? Um, and so I just put together a Google form and was then able to analyze the data. Um, but you could, you know, basically put out a survey to healthcare professionals and boom, spread that out everywhere. Put it on Facebook, put it on LinkedIn, um, multiple times. Like you have to share it multiple times and ask Mm -hmm. other people to share it, but it's what questions would be helpful for you to know, like, if you could get inside the head of a healthcare professional, what is your blind spot? Like, what is the thing that they would love to have, but maybe don't know where to go or how to access that? Do they want to be a safe place? Do they want to help reduce that? Do they think that there's a problem with it? Because first of all, they got to admit there is a problem in order to fix it. Right. Right. Um, what challenges do they see in their community about healthcare? You know? aside from COVID, God bless America, right? Like, come on. Um, 
So I would really thoughtfully think about that and do as many multiple choices as you can, because it'll be a lot easier. And then you can always have a comments, questions, suggestions, additional thoughts box at the bottom. Um, And then if you wanted to, you could add at the very bottom, like if you would like to receive updates about workshops or lectures or any trainings or anything like that enter your email and you can then add them to a list where you are sending out information regularly about anything that you're going to be doing that's virtual that people can come to. So it's a great way to build your list, but also get inside the head of the people that you're trying to get in front of. What do they want to learn about? What do they, what do they feel is missing? How do they want to help people? You know, So really think about that hard and think about what questions you would, that would be beneficial to you in order for you to figure out how you can further help people. And, and more specifically, like it's, I'm all about filling the gap, right? So when you look at what's going on already, what's missing and you, when you fill the gap with what's missing, that's where you find your gold mine. Yeah. Cause not everybody can do everything. So what's already being done. Cool. You do that. And I'm going to focus. I don't see you doing this or I don't see anyone doing this. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know? Okay. So definitely start with doing market research and then, um, so that you can get inside the head and, and then go from there, you know? And say, if we had a summit, would you want to come? Right. Um, Thank you. That resonates well. Because I do that on a micro level with mm-hmm. curating. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to see how I can do that to, I guess, as a lead generating type of situation. Mm-hmm. So thank yeah. you for that. Mm-hmm. And if you, um, you know, want, uh, I'm happy, if you want to send it to me before you send it out to people, I'm happy to look at it and just kind of, give you uh, feedback if that's something that you want, um, more than happy to do that. I do that for people all the time because they're like, can you just look this over before I like, you know, there's nothing worse than sending something out. And you're like, people are like, what does this mean? You know? Yeah. So. <sighs> Thank you. Super excited to get all of this started. So Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope this was helpful. And I hope that you, I cannot wait to see what you do. So you have to make sure that you um, come back and uh, give us an update when you have Mm -hmm. something big going on. We'll have you come back and share about, um, you know, the amazing things that you have going on. Cause I can see big things happening for you. Mm -hmm. I just hope that you see it too. Yes. Thank you. Love that. Thank you. All right, everyone. Have a super wonderful day. See you next time.